0: I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, I actually watched a football
1: game. Well, huh? part of it, at least. So I could see some Star Wars, plus... I'm Jeff Braun. I saw a family film, and what a family. I'll review The Adams Family, plus... Jeff and I are both stoked about the new HBO show
0: based on the landmark graphic novel, Watchmen. It's an instinct. fight if we lead them.
1: People keep telling me they know me. No one does.
0: Excitement abound as the final trailer for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker was released during Monday Night Football. And tickets went on sale right after the trailer was released. Well, actually, maybe a little bit before. More on the ticket sales in a moment. First, the trailer.
1: Long have I waited.
0: the Emperor. We don't actually see the Emperor, at least not his face. There is a shrouded figure near the end in what looks to be some sort of a mech suit, or maybe a mechanized throne, I don't know, but we only see the back of his hood. Just stunning imagery in this trailer. A Star Destroyer emerging from under some ice. The Resistance also appears to have grown exponentially because there is a shot where there are dozens, if not hundreds of ships being led by the Millennium Falcon. The first order. Order, or Empire, not really sure what we're calling them now, because the destroyers, the Star Destroyers, look like the old-school Empire ships, so has the Emperor been hiding an entire fleet of ships? Who knows? Also, this. What, uh, what are you doing there, 3PO?
1: Taking one last look, sir. At my friends.
0: So C-3PO has a bunch of wires hooked up to the back of his head in that scene. In a previous trailer, there was a shot of him with red eyes. So I'm guessing... They're gonna wipe his memory or tap into his memory banks to maybe find something that's hidden in there. I don't know. Classic Star Wars trailer. They show us a lot, but don't really show us anything, which is good because you don't want to know the whole story going in. And it looks so exciting, and I love what they do with the theme in this trailer.
1: Confronting fear—it's the destiny of a Jedi.
0: destiny. The Force will be with you.
1: your reaction to the trailer? I I felt the same about the music. I was like, this is the best use of that theme in years. I was like, why did it take so long for it to sound like this? It's like the it's already a dramatic song, but they made it the, the, the heart-poundy song, you know? Yeah, and it's heroic. Yeah. Is C-3 feel going to make us cry in this movie? It seems like it's going to. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was awesome. The trailer uh, simultaneously makes the movie look fun, exciting, moving, both, you know, like a fun adventure movie and a deep, dark drama. Um, is there any way the Rives of Skywalker isn't referring to Rey? They can do. They do lots of switcheroos in these movies, so you never really know. But how could it not be at this point? I can't see them bringing somebody new in.
0: Well, there was the one. Another thing I heard was that maybe it'll be the rise of the Skywalker Order, as uh, though like that'll be the new the version of, of the Jedi. Okay. Like you're not a Jedi,
1: you're a Skywalker. Yeah, it yeah and it never occurred to me that. Why is the resistance so big? Because at the end of the last Jedi, there's like thirty of them left. Yeah, they'll fit in one room. Well, I think right? it's
0: been a couple. I think in the
1: movie, it's been two years. Two years, and they've recruited since then, or something like that. Probably. Well, yeah, and probably because
0: word spread through the galaxy yeah. of uh, Luke's act of heroism facing down the First Order single handedly, and you know it inspired people to rally
1: together. We'll see. You should write these things. It'll be. Me... <laughs> They won't give us that much of an explanation. They never do.
0: Yeah, well, uh, trust me, I've watched a lot of trailer breakdowns for stuff like this. And, uh, like, for example, there's one shot in the trailer where you see Ray and Kylo Ren wearing his repurposed helmet. Smashing up a Darth Vader. Yeah. That's a dream. Well, it's either a dream or they're they're actually... Because it looks like, the way they shoot it, it looks like... They're working together yeah. and smashing this thing, but if you take a closer look at it, it actually looks like they their sabers have deflected into the statue. So I think I'm guessing they were fighting each other, and then they they both whacked their because oh, okay. they're even if you look at their feet, their the feet are facing just... each other. They're not facing the statue. So
1: the statue is just uh, collateral damage in their fight. Yeah, but not it could just... be a dream as well. Who knows? And as we've learned from uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars movie, sometimes the trailers just BS. Yeah. They faked a shot in that thing that was super cool that just wasn't in the movie. I know. With that TIE Fighter coming up. It's you know, ridiculous. Who knows what it, And I guess what and the Emperor seems to live uh, on an iceberg. He's like in Superman's Fortress of Solitude or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. I don't know, that correct me. That's uh, another I, that, amazing that mech, shot. That Mexi suit you were talking about. I thought it I didn't even register at first, but on like the fifth viewing I thought, Oh, maybe he's just using the force to move his throne through the like it's floating okay yeah could, he could Who be knows. doing that too yeah we'll find out when december
0: whatever it is uh, december 20th, 20th yeah you got or the 19th. already yeah i got my tickets and that's the thing because like they they were promoting this all weekend on tv like i actually watched some cfl football over the weekend and they were showing promos that the final trailer will right. air during monday night football and tickets will go on sale so i was waiting for the trailer to air thinking that once the trailer airs, tickets will go on sale. It looks like Cineplex followed that, but Landmark Cinemas didn't. We're we're opening sales. So I don't know what time they put their ticket sales up because I went to the local uh, Landmark theater's website to get tickets for Thursday, December 19th. I think their show was at six o'clock and it was sold out <laughs> already sold out. So then I, I looked at the nine twenty-five, and it was selling out, but that's a little late cause you know, I gotta be at work at like three in the morning or four in the morning the next day. So I ended up at Cineplex, went to Cineplex's website and it was only showing one theater. That had availability. It was in Quebec. It was the only theater that had been added to the list. So I kept, I just hit refresh a few times, refresh, refresh, refresh. And then finally, the theater I wanted popped up. I went to it immediately, grabbed tickets for 725 December 19th. Half the seats were already gone in a <laughs> blink. So clearly, there were a lot, there were. Many other people doing the same thing. And I'm just seeing here that uh, Fandango says that Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker has broken the franchise's advanced ticket sales record on Fandango. And it even it broke an Avengers uh, record. Well, they just
1: keep adding screens for all this stuff in, sh- in showtimes. And some of these theaters are running 24 hours probably. Yeah, it says uh, Disney is raking
0: in the cash, setting a new Atom tickets record within the first hour, topping the juggernaut that was Avengers Endgame, no less. So I am curious to see what the box office is going to be, if this will be bigger than Avengers Endgame. Also, it's uh, going to be the longest movie in the Star Wars franchise. Oh, really? Two hours, 35
1: minutes. That's That's not terrible. No, compared to what we've been through this year and what's coming up yet with the Scorsese movie and I watched The Godfather Part 2 last night that's three hours and 22 minutes oh my god oh and
0: another thing too when I was watching the football game
1: waiting for the trailer
0: to pop up I was having all kinds of problems with my Shaw cable I was just fuming mad because the screen kept freezing and the audio kept dropping out and, and you're like, if it does this during the trailer, I'm going to put a foot through the screen. Well, sure enough, the trailer popped up and within five seconds, it just froze for, I don't know. So just all I had worst. to do, I waited two minutes and then I
1: went to YouTube and it was already yeah. up. I was uh, like a good Canadian. I was not waiting for that to show up. I was watching uh, election coverage, Brett, which you yeah. should have been doing. His, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, and then, uh, but I was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I, I can't watch TV with my Twitter going on, so all of a sudden the I forgot that it was coming on. I was like oh, and it just popped up on my Twitter. It's like oh, there it is. Yeah. And I got lucky. I got. It was weird though because I'm pretty sure th- wh- I was the actual Star Wars official Twitter page. And if you watched it in sort of full screen on my phone, if my phone was flipped long up, like lengthwise, like a monolith. Yeah. That uh, got subtitles saying who was speaking each of those lines in the thing, which was cool because the first time I saw it, I couldn't figure out who was saying what. Except, okay. for, except for Kylo Ren and Ray. The, and the emperor yeah but i was like whose voice is that and then
0: it, well, one it was finn in all, and one was yeah there's uh, one of
1: everybody kind of thing well, what's oscar is poe dameron characters? poe dameron yes not to be confused with cameron poe from uh what's a that's nick cage and con air oh cameron poe dameron yeah. poe dameron or dameron poe poe dameron poe dameron but yeah it's cameron poe and okay con air. I, I don't know how that happens it blows, i think that's they did that on purpose.
0: Even heard Princess Leia's voice yeah,
1: at which, the end. Yeah, and and uh, Mon Camel, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. yeah,
0: so very exciting stuff. We it's can't cool. wait for this. December 20th, and I guess uh, technically it's December 20th, but they always do their those Thursday preview nights or whatever. So oh, December and I always 19th. end
1: up with some stupid Christmas schedule of traveling to visit family and blah, 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 and I, I won't see it till January 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh,
0: my condolences then to you, sir. Just
1: ditch your family. To say, listen, family. Last Jedi actually got them. It's like, hey, uh, I bet my nieces would like to see that Star Wars movie. Let's all go. And they didn't mind it, but they didn't care for it. Either. Yeah, okay.
0: Up next, we're going to tell you what's coming to home video. And I can't believe Jeff oh. has found a way to talk more <laughs> about Once yeah! Upon a Time in Hollywood. Woo! You're listening to The Couch Potatoes.
1: Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he is Brett, and my favorite movie of the year is back in theaters this weekend in extended cut form. Two hours, 41 minutes, not long enough for Quentin Tarantino. He's added 10 more minutes to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm Rick Dalton. That's
0: my stunt double. Actors do a lot of dangerous stuff. Cliff here helps carry
1: the load. Sounds like a good friend. I try. They play the heroes. (laughs) Ha ha! this year here comes trouble we do what we came to do playtime is over if you don't beat him he kills you not when rick dalton's got a shotgun from quentin tarantino (laughs) i love that stuff once upon a time in hollywood Four more scenes comprise this extra 10 minutes. We know that he cut Tim Roth and James Marsden out of the original theatrical cut, so it's probably that? I don't know. If you've not seen it, the movie stars Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt as a fading... TV actor and his stunt double in 1969 Hollywood and DiCaprio lives next door to Sharon Tate who was of course one of the victims of the Manson family that summer. The performances by the leads are amazing. The look of the movie is even more amazing. When guys who love movies make movies about the history of movies, they spare no expense or effort. Tarantino actually, one thing I heard was he got a bunch of these old signs from the 60s to put on current businesses and apparently some of those businesses like them so much they've just kept the old retro signs. Uh, It's got just a cool vibe in this movie, Sort of wish the extra 10 minutes was just footage of Brad Pitt driving around, because those was my favorite parts. There's also a 40% chance this footage is just feet, because QT has a foot fetish. Gross. Yeah. Now, I've seen, uh, I've been calling once upon a time in Hollywood a masterpiece. I gave it four and a half out of five the first time I saw it. I would definitely bump that up to the full sectional if I could, but the rules of our rating system are rigid and unflexible, so it stays at four and a half out of five. Well, hold on. Why not? <laughs> Rigid and unflexible. What, sorry, what's the knock on this? Um, I can't remember what I knocked at half a thing for. I think there was, it, was, it was awfully long. I think it could have been trimmed and been just as good.
0: So, okay, but now that you've seen it, what, three times? Yeah. Okay, is your, and you will see it a fourth time. Well, now
1: that's the question. In an ideal world, I absolutely would, but there's a few things working against me here, Brett. The only theater near me that it is being re-released is showing it at 9.50 at night. It's one screening a day. Now that's, and now that it's two hours and 51 minutes, it means it wouldn't end until 1241 AM if there's no trailers, there'll be trailers, so 1 AM yep. and that's simply too late for this old chunk of coal. Uh, certainly not on a work night, like you mentioned, and I got plans the other nights this weekend so it can't go and it might only play for one week or something. You never know when these re-releases, what they'll do, right? Yeah. You know, maybe, I don't know, it depends entirely on the theater, I would imagine. Also, I really do have a lot of things I should do with the... The extra 15 or 25 dollars and spend it on a fourth viewing of a movie a movie i intend to purchase in the next couple of months before christmas when it's released on blu-ray there's still no date for that by the way i look twice a week uh and that new footage will be on the blu-ray anyways right yeah. so so i mean we'll see i will say if any of our listeners missed it the first time around i highly recommend you head out this weekend to see once upon a time in hollywood um if you on- want to change it to the sectional no, nah, it's all right. Okay, he's sticking to his guns. Let's Four stick, and a half. Yeah, for now. Uh, on a related note, a lot of studios put forth their Oscar intentions this time of year to answer some questions about who's going to go up for what. And in the case of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, a lot of nerdy podcasts they listen to have been bantering this about. Sony's decided to run DiCaprio as a Best Actor contender and Brad Pitt as a Best Supporting Actor contender. Um they've sort of got the same size parts in the movie so people weren't sure what they would do. There's a few others. Sony's putting Matthew Reese up for lead actor and Tom Hanks up for supporting actor for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which may seem weird because Hanks plays Mr. Rogers in that movie and Reese plays a journalist who does a profile on him. Apparently the movie is more about the journalist telling the story about Mr. Rogers than it actually being about Mr. Rogers himself. Uh, a couple other two-handers splitting their actors into separate categories to increase their odds include uh, The Lighthouse, which we might talk about later in the show if we have more, enough time, from a Robert Pattinson for Best Actor. Willem Dafoe for Best Supporting Actor. There's a movie coming out called The Two Popes. Pope One, Jonathan Price will be up for Best Actor. Pope Two, Anthony Hopkins for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, and Ford versus Ferrari is going the other way. They're putting both Matt Damon and Christian Bale, pitting them against each other in the Best Actor race. So, I mean, they still got to get a nomination, but these will how they will be applying for those nominations.
0: Okay, well, that's I didn't. Yeah. I never even thought about any of that. Like it's they, a whole they, thing. It's because they do it for the Emmys. They submit yep. for this category or submit for that category. So that's cool. Thanks for yeah. that breakdown,
1: dude. And you got you know all these high-powered studios and these actors who we know are all full of themselves, so yeah. there's some awkward conversations going on. I, I can't, I feel bad for whoever has to say, hey, uh, Christian Bale, you've been reduced to this or something.
0: Hey, we'll just quickly tell you what's coming to home video. all Four selections on Digital HD, Tuesday, October 29th. We've got Angry Birds Movie 2, The Art of Racing in the Rain, 47 Meters Down, Uncaged. Shark Movie. And Good Boys. Which I missed in theaters. So That's I, the comedy with the obscene kids, right? Yeah, I don't want to see it. Oh yeah, I want to see that one too. That looked hilarious. Up next, we've got a review of the Adams Family, and we also have
1: to talk about Watchmen. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. And this week, I saw the animated film The Adams Family.
0: What a nervous man. I the Welcome to out. the neighborhood. What an interesting in home. Like
1: fire in the hole. You sunk my battleship! Yes! The Adams Family, a crazy family made up of ghoulish characters, goes back to the 30s. They began as a cartoon, characters in the New Yorker magazine. They are probably most famous, of course, in the TV sitcom from the 60s. Then we had a couple of popular movies in the early 90s, followed by an unpopular reboot in the late 90s, and now a new animated film. Yes! These people are monsters! They'll ruin the neighborhood! Hey, neighbor.
0: What'd I do?! We're all the same. Let's show them what it means to be an Adams. This is going to be lit.
1: Choke on this! I've got candy. Oh, yes! Yuck. I've done this thousands of times. The voice cast includes Charlize Theron, Oscar Isaac, Chloe Grace Moretz, Finn Wolfhard, Nick Kroll, Bette Midler, Allison Janney, and Snoop Dogg. I never watched the show, and I never saw any of those other movies, so technically I had nothing to compare this to, but... You never, you never saw the show? No. Holy smokes. I saw, like, when they moved next in next door to the Flintstones on the Flintstones. Was that them? Oh my god. I think I, it was the Addams Family. Okay, I'll go so remember that. the Munsters. So I'm pretty sure it's the Addams Family. Okay. So, uh I've, yeah, like I said, nothing to compare this to, but somehow I still knew all about them because they're just that deeply embedded in popular culture over the years. Again, the Flintstones sing, perhaps. The story here begins with a young Gomez and Morticia, and that's your uh, Charlize Theron and Oscar Isaac, of course, moving from their homeland, which I don't think was given a name, to New Jersey. They say we have to move where no one in their right mind would move, so they moved to New Jersey. They're actually chased from their homeland because they're weirdos. And in New Jersey, they find this old abandoned haunted asylum atop a craggy rock, which they move into. There's nothing else around, and the craggy rock is shrouded in fog and mist all the time, so no one even knows they're up there. Until one day, the mist clears and they realize there's a new town down below. They go to meet the neighbors and are immediately shamed because they're weirdos. By now, they've started their family. They've got their kids, Wednesday and Pugsley, voiced by Chloe Grace Moretz and Finn Wolfhard. Pugsley's getting to the age where he has to perform the mazurka, which is, it's like a bar mitzvah scenario, but it involves a sword fight. It's this uh, family Family heritage thing that they they get into it. It's it's super weird. That's his side plot, getting ready for that, becoming a man. Wednesday goes to school with the normal kids and has a fish out of water subplot there. And then the main plot involves this evil realtor in the town who's trying to run the Adams family away because their house is so garish, and she's having trouble selling her houses in the suburbs because they've got the ugly old house from the Adams family overlooking the neighborhood. The main thrust of the movie, uh, in most of these storylines, is it's okay to be different. Ten years ago. It would probably be the same message, but probably more of a body image or something. Whereas in this movie, it's a full-on xenophobia thing with a town full of Trumpian MAGA types who hate anyone who's different from them, and they're all morons glued to their phones all the time, and they pile on in these social media groups, and none of them think for themselves. Uh, the evil realtor lady, by the way, has a haircut that looks like Donald Trump, so you can tell that they're doing this on purpose. So if you are a xenophobe who hates anyone different from yourself, and if you believe everything you see on the internet is true... You're not going to like this movie. On the other hand, if you have a healthy skepticism about what your neighbors post in neighborhood groups and realize that it is okay to be different, then it's a pretty fun movie with a poignant message. Now, there are a few th- fun things for grown-ups, because it's a there's a lot of kid stuff, but there's some fun stuff for grown-ups, including what I would say is a flat-out pornography joke involving Thing. That's the separate hand. Okay. Yeah. it's I don't know how to explain it, uh, but you'll know it when you see it. Okay. Like pornography. Uh, there's also a good Watchmen reference with Wednesday, which is weird. Uh, and Lurch, who plays piano from time to time, has a lot of good stuff. He sort of steals a lot of his scenes. All in all, I was actually pleasantly surprised. I don't think it's must see in the theater like a lot of Pixar movies are. And I went with my girlfriend and her kids, and I took a poll afterwards while we were driving home. Two of us gave it four out of five, two of us gave it three and a half, one gave it three, and one. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't okay. feeling good. So she's, she's six and she slept through the movie. Uh, so we'll average it out to three and a half couch cushions out of five. Uh, and that's with an entire family voting. Okay. Yeah. She's got four kids. Yeah. That's a uh, that's a lot of a lot of children's. Oh, uh, some of them were lying about their ages to get cheaper tickets to get into that movie. I'll oh, tell you about that. well, they're smart.
0: as yeah. Well, good, good. Mom has trained them well. Mm-hmm. Three and a half couch cushions out of five for the Adams family. Now, previously, you mentioned a movie that is out this weekend. It's called The
1: Lighthouse. Yeah, it's an art house fair that's getting some Oscar buzz. Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson star in it as a pair of lighthouse keepers who go crazy. <laughs> What's a timberman want
0: with being a wiki? Just looking earn a living, just like any man. Starting new. On the run. Keeping secrets, are you? No, sir.
1: Why just be you? It's described as a psychological horror film from a guy named Robert Eggers. Apparently, he made a movie called The Witch, which is a horror thing. You I read? never saw that, but it looks really scary. Yeah. So, and this appears to be in the aspect ratio that TV used to be in, that 4x3 boxy version. That's what the two trailers are that I saw anyways. And it's in black and white, and it looks pretty bonkers. What made your last keeper leave? He believed that there was some enchantment in the light. Went mad, he did. Tall tales. But... There's like a minute of one of these trailers where they just stare at each other, going, What? Really? And then five seconds of silence, What? Like what? The, like the guy from Holy
0: Grail? What? Yeah, pretty much. It's it's weird. Just, you, were you waiting for
1: them to say <laughs>
0: what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? That's
1: right. I don't know that. Wow. Ah. <laughs> at any rate, this is the lighthouse gathering a lot of award steam and critical acclaim. It is over at 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. So if you're looking for something weird and apparently good, the lighthouse is out now. How long have we been on this rock? Five weeks. Two days, help me to recollect.
0: That sounds kooky, and Robert Pattinson, and I know he's going to be the Batman, Yeah, uh, but he has done a really good job at separating himself from the Twilight Saga.
1: Yeah, it seems like he spent a few years saying, I will do anything that is way different than what that was you know what I mean just so people get all sorts of different looks at me yeah he's done I think a, a Cronenberg
0: movie and he's done also just uh, almost every movie he's in is is something arthousey or something independent or just something weird yeah uh, and he's clearly proven himself to be uh, a solid talent so hopefully coming back into the mainstream as Batman doesn't hurt his career because in spite of what you think of the Twilight movies he's uh,
1: he's good he's probably a good actor I don't I don't know that I've actually seen him in anything. I've seen part of one twilight movie that's well that's it. the thing like yeah. all
0: these movies he's he's doing are all these weird little movies yeah. that get you know they get critical acclaim but they might be in and out of theaters in a blink right. and then you just forget about yeah. them right so up next we're going to talk watchmen you're listening to the couch potatoes
1: lori blake fbi i'm here to help folks assume the seventh count did it but that's not what you assume There are people who believe that this world is fair and good. It's all
0: lollipops and rainbows. We don't do lollipops and rainbows, because we know those are pretty colors that just hide what the world really is. Black and white. The only way to stave off mankind's extinction is with a weapon more powerful than any atomic device button. I'm Brady's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes and that was a clip from HBO's Watchmen, which just started this past weekend.
1: Yeah, again, this new series, not a retelling of the comic from the 80s that was done by Zack Snyder in a feature film 10 years ago. This show has nothing to do with that movie. Instead, it is all new material set in a world where the events of the comic book happened. The comic set in the 80s, the show set in present day, so it's 30 years after the stuff in the comic, which means all new characters or maybe a few older versions of characters from the book. Uh, It's from David. Lindelof, and like I'm sure I said last week, he's my guy. He co-created both Lost and The Leftovers, which are two of my all-time favorites. So I went into Watchmen with very high expectations and I felt comfortable about it because even though he likes to take big swings, Lindelof knows what he's doing. He's undoubtedly learned a lot of lessons the last 15 years, so I just knew I was in good hands. And I was right. I thought it was great. First episodes can be tough. There's always so much pipe you gotta lay. But Watchmen does it in a way that feels more exciting than a lot of shows. There are no big, long expository speeches that explain who's who or what up, they sort of they do more showing than telling. I thought, uh, as is Linda Lof's way, There's also a lot of questions that are left unanswered, which makes us watching the show more fun. Wondering what's going on. The lessons he's learned, by the way, involve just that: the uh, qu- which questions to leave open, which ones to answer, how to answer them. He got spanked badly by Lost fans after that finale, which I really liked. Uh, but regardless of whether that spanking was deserved. He did learn a few things because at the end of his next show, the leftovers, which still, well, he still got to tell the story he wanted the way he wanted to, but everyone left that one satisfied. Uh, he figured out how to have his cake and eat it too uh, when it came to the harsh, the harshest criticisms that he felt. And you know, it was frankly astounding when you think of all of the baggage he took into that too. So I don't, I, I don't want to get into leftovers because you haven't seen it yet, and I don't want to leave, give you any spoilers whatsoever. Thank but you,
0: I appreciate he that. He does uh,
1: he's, the he. They ended that show just perfectly. Uh, By the way, he had to quit Twitter because of all the crap he took about that lost finale like seven and eight years after it ended. He got piled on daily to the point where he just couldn't take the abuse. It hurt his mental health and he had to disconnect from Twitter.
0: Yeah, good for him. uh, Twitter is
1: awful. That's why it blew my mind that he would want to step into a... The Watchmen minefield. This is such a beloved property by some very nerdy people who would lash out at even the slightest mishandling of it. So I'm guessing there are some who are upset, but by and large, it does look like people dig the show. There are a lot of interesting characters so far. The beginnings of what seems is going to be a very intriguing story, and they've already shown an amazing world logically drawn out of the events of the book. So I am all in on this one so far.
0: Yeah, it is. It was tremendous. And it was also tremendous, I think, how they managed to tell this story with no clear connection to the events that we had previously taken in. There were hints, and yep. you kind of wonder who certain characters are. Also, by the way, I the Jeremy Irons yeah. had a butler, and I, I'm watching this guy. Well, that was... Because I recognized the voice. I thought the, the face looked familiar, but I recognized the voice and the cadence of the way that he talks. I'm just pulling up the cast list here from something else. And then it hit me that I recognized him... With because you know, on the show he had short black hair, okay. clean shaven. But then I pictured him with a beard and long hair, and I realized, holy smokes, that's Ichabod Crane from the Fox TV show Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> there you go. But completely transformed. His but name is Tom Misen. That's Yeah. Well, and I, he had he's got such a distinct voice, but uh, so cool that Jeremy Irons is in it. I kind of have a feeling I, of who he might be.
1: I think so too. And I think that they 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 I don't think they're trying to hide that. Uh, too dramatically. it seems like they tried to do this weird intentional misdirect earlier in the episode or whatever. It's like, oh, I get it. But that Butler character you mentioned, like, if he wasn't there, whatever's going on with Jeremy Irons is interesting, but some of the stuff that guy was doing, that, like, it... It freaked me out. I was like, that's insane. Yeah. The rest of this stuff was insane. Naked Jeremy Irons typing or whatever he was doing yeah. is insane. But what that guy did with the cake, I was just like, what do you... That, make, that's, that makes no sense in any form.
0: Yeah, it was, so, it was like they were almost his
1: sort of mind-controlled slaves yeah, or something. or something. or he, I don't know. We'll see. And again, that comic book is so weird. It had his regular story, but it also had... This other subplot with the author and then the comic, the pirate comic book. And so you don't really know what's real and what's a world within a world. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. Who knows? Again, that's going to be the fun of watching the show. Watchmen,
0: the graphic novel, it was rated one of the, I think Time Magazine ranked it as one of the 100 best books ever written yeah period it's, not comic books just best
1: books ever I'm not a big comics guy but I love it I started it again this week and realized oh it's super dense it's gonna take me th- months to finish it's so it is dense and it's because of those
0: those interludes in between the actual imagery where you've got like 10 15 20 pages of just text that's yeah. you know comic book ki- ki- is typically a quick read although yeah. that one has so much detail and a lot of stuff like you really have to it's the kind of comic yeah. where you have to pour over every Print. inch of of the page, every frame, and the movie. I think the movie. I know it didn't get d- utterly destroyed by critics, and I no, seem to remember it. Being I enjoyed the, it.
1: Was it like sixty percent? Something like that. I enjoyed it. It was. I haven't seen it though since I saw it in theaters. Oh really? I keep meaning to rewatch it, but I've I never got get the around uh, to
0: it. I've got the Blu-ray, uh, the ext- 64% Rotten Tomatoes. So it was kind of like a, a swing and a sort of miss. But the the extended Blu-ray I really like, and it's a it's actually a pretty yeah. awesome set. To so I that. will loan that to you Thank one you. day because it's cool. And uh, I also will say that when I watched the trailer, I didn't know what to expect, but yeah. this. Took me in a completely different direction. Like yeah. a, the trailer, from what I gathered from it, made it look like Regina is it Regina King? Yep. That that her character was going to be uh vigilante,
1: but it turns out she's not like, at yeah, all. She's like part of like legit law enforcement, we think. Yeah. From what we learned so far. And and Don Johnson, I thought in the first one he was just amazing. He was he was hilarious and funny. Yeah. And like, a good really good singer. That. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: He was a great <laughs> singer. So Watchman airs Sunday nights on HBO. And once again, HBO with a big, ambitious show. I think HBO makes the best
1: television there is. Period. Would you would you say that? Would I, you agree? I think so. It's hard. Not to agree with that, yeah. The Sopranos, they did Game of Thrones, they did my beloved The Leftovers. Yeah, curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, they've got the the now they've got Watchmen.
0: I've heard this Succession show. Keep hearing people talking about that. We'll have to get on that before it
1: starts up again next year.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's only two seasons in, so that's that should be a relatively quick binge. And then his Dark Materials, based on the books, begins. In a couple of weeks, so HBO really uh, working hard to be be maintain. I think their spot as the television elite because so many people are on the Netflix train and, and about
1: to be on the all the other things yeah. trains. I've heard of a couple of people who dropped their Netflix recently. So really, that's going to get super interesting with the. Uh streaming wars. I don't even know why I keep paying for Netflix. I haven't watched anything on Netflix for three months. I know. I was thinking, I was like, what do I actually use this for? But I actually watch old movies on there a lot. That's all the time we've got. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes.
0: Remember, you can get the podcast anywhere you get podcast. Podcast is always out before the show will air on the radio. But of course, you can listen to us on the radio as well. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. <laughs>